Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Every week we meet, and God's doing amazing things. And you know what? There's, there's moments where you actually, you, there's things that happen that you don't always get to hear what happens. And, and I, I want you to hear something that happened this week. I think it's amazing. Um, if you have children, each and every Sunday they're going to, to our kids' ministry, and they're being loved on. They're being taught the Word of God. They're being taught uh, who Jesus is. And um, so the, the God's, we're, we're planting seeds during the week, but sometimes sometimes those seeds during the weeks begin to get watered, and they grow, and, and, then, and then God does some things in children's lives during the week, and so I got a text on, on Wednesday night from a parent and said, hey, I just want you to know that our son gave his life to Jesus tonight. And he, and man, is that not amazing? That, I was like, dude, that is so cool. That's so amazing that, that their son gave, gave his life to Jesus. And, he, and because he comes, he hears the word of God. Man, he's, this kid's here every week. And uh, Holy Spirit just was tugging on him. And I'm so glad that God just does not speak in this room. Come on, I'm glad that when we leave this place that his Holy Spirit also goes with us. It, it, God's presence is, it does not dwell in buildings, it dwells in people. We bring the presence of God. We bring the, the Holy Spirit with us, and Holy Spirit is with us. And, and so, so at a home, they're, you know, lay me down to sleep, you know, saying prayers. And then he said, he says, Mama, I want to give my life to Jesus, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And so, so they prayed, and and and. They were, they were explaining to him, saying, hey, do you know that when, when one person gives their life to Jesus, all the angels in heaven party? I mean, it's like a party. And so, and they said, so let's pray, and then and just know that angels are celebrating with you. And so they say like a 10, 15, 20-second prayer, and uh, they get done, and, and he says, uh, well, is the party over? Because that prayer was quick. <laughs> so uh, she said, no, no, the party's not over. So uh, I just love getting to hear stories like that. And so uh, I'm telling you, people's lives, even our kids' lives, are being changed. And that's what it's about, man. When your kid gives their life to Jesus, uh, you know, it's one thing if God moves in your heart and, and does that. And, but when something about it, when your kids' lives are changed and they're getting their, um, giving their life to Jesus, it's just so amazing. And so uh, our, kids, our kids' ministry, would you all give it up for our kids' ministry? Doing an amazing job each and every each and every week. Hey, if you missed if you uh, missed any message from last month, I want to encourage you to go uh, listen to it on our podcast. Uh, our podcast currently is on three platforms: Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, so you can go to one of those platforms. Uh, probably within the next two weeks, we will have our podcast on uh, directly on our website as well. And so. Uh, I want to make that just available to you. I want you to know that. Uh, I've been hit up a lot over the past few weeks on how to catch our podcast. I want you to know that you can go to those three places now, but here in the near future, uh, it'll be directly on our website as well, so uh, trying to help you out. But I, I believe that it's going to be, um, this, this will be an impactful year for you. If... Um, you know, we, we set goals in the beginning of, year, of the year, and, and one of the goals that most uh, people set are like, I want to be healthy. 
you know? So we tried the gym for like two days, and like it's, we're like, well, I'm done. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I don't like waking up early, and I don't like working out. So, you know, uh, it's out the window. <laughs> and so, and I like to eat, you know? I don't want to tell you. And so, uh, but we want to we be healthy spiritually, emotionally, uh, mentally. Uh, last, this, this last year, I just felt like there was an onslaught of, um, of people that were really suffering from uh, mental disorders and, and pastors committing suicide. And, and you just begin to see the health of people not being um, where I believe God wants it to be. And so we believe that God spoke to us this past year and said, hey, we want to focus on the issue of health as we go into 2020. So the, the beginning of this year, uh, we, we talked about that, a new year, a new you. Uh, but today we're going to start a new series called New You, New Relationships. Can you say that with me? New You, New Relationships. Building healthy relationships with others. And, and if we're going to do this, we've got to begin to look inwardly first. Isn't it always easy to point the finger at somebody else like they're the problem? Uh, so it's a lot easier to worry about the other person than it is ourselves. And so um, if we're going to do, if we're, if we're going to get healthy, we've got to work on us first, right? And so uh, there is a, a pastor named Peter Scazzaro. He's also an author, and he's the author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. In fact, if you, if you read any book this year or listen to it by audio, you need to listen to or read this book, Emotionally Spirituality, or Healthy, I'm sorry, I can't even say, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, because this is the vein that we are, are flowing through. This is the vein we're going in. And, uh, and in fact, uh, every, every Sunday that you attend this year, can I tell you, it's like free therapy for you. Some of you don't know you need therapy, but you need therapy, all right? Uh, and so we believe everybody, um, at some point in our lives, we all need to talk to somebody. And so uh, he also is an author of a book. It's kind of a continuation, but it's The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And uh, just, just amazing uh, material there uh, to helping people truly be healthy. And, uh, and so he said this quote. He said this. He says, Christ may be in your hearts but you still have grandpa in your bones. So I want to give you some examples, some quick stories. So Dan is a very accomplished doctor. He, he makes a great salary. He also serves on the church, church board, but he struggles with perfectionism and being a workaholic. It hurts his relationships at work and at church. And one day when Dan was 10 years old, he came home with an A on his report card. How many think that's a good idea? Come on, let's go. Uh, your kids are bringing home A's. Let's get it. Um, but he was punished by his dad for not getting an A+. His dad sat down, set Dan in his room, and he drilled him on vocabulary, vocabulary words since that's where he got two answers wrong. So Dan lives with this negative script, get it right all the time. And don't make mistakes. As, as we kind of share these stories, maybe, maybe you can begin to identify some negative scripts that, that, that have affected you. Allison, her parents got divorced when she was seven years old. She remembers the day her parents sat across the table from her and her brother to deliver the news. 
I love you and I will be there for you, her father promised. But the problem came six months later when her father remarried and started a new family. She and her brother rarely saw their dad over the next 20 years. And so her cautious and careful approach to life is both an expression of prudence and a negative script. Don't trust people. And whether we realize it or not, we all bring our bruises into relationships. In fact, you walked in here today and maybe you have some bruises. They go with us. Bruised in parts of our soul. And, and, and if we're being honest today, it, sometimes those bruises are tough to deal with. It's, they're, they're, they're painful. They're, we, we, would rather, we would rather pack them down and put stuff on top of them and pretend like they're not even there. Forget about them. And just go on with life. But they have things called triggers. And there's triggers in life. And something happens or someone says something to you. And you just, you respond. You just, you just fly off the handle. Or, or you go into depression. Or, or, or there's this anxiety that happens inside of you. Or you act or do a, a something in a certain way because of something that, that triggers you. That happened to you way back in the past. But I got good news. Everybody say good news. Good news for you today is that a key element of Christ's work for us is that he suffered for our eternal bruises. The bruises that you have, that you have incurred, the bruises that ha- have affected your life. How, how many of you ever been bruised before? You, like, like not, not saying life, but you fell off a bike and you got bruised, right? Uh, uh, something happened and you bruised your foot or you bruised your arm or your elbow. We all have, have physically been bruised, but, but also emotionally we've been bruised. And Jesus Died. We just took communion. He, he died for that. It says in Isaiah 53 that he was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that something that they coupled those words together? That he was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquity is a flaw. It's not a sin. But it's a character flaw that results in sin. It produces the same sin over and over and over again. This iniquity, Paul said in the New Testament, that is like a, there's, there was a thorn in his flesh, in his side, that just wouldn't go away. And we don't all sin the same way, but Jesus died to remove the bruises from our lives. Can I tell you, maybe you're hurting today, but you don't have to continue to hurt. Maybe, maybe a mom or dad has done something or said something to you and it's bruised you to this day. What, what we found in youth ministry, my wife and I were in youth ministry for 15 years, and what we had discovered is, is that, is that if, we didn't, if we didn't try to, to see teenagers healed in their teenage years, what happens is, is they carry it on through their life. And if we couldn't get them to discover and, and recognize and kind of confront the bruises of life at that stage of life, then they just would continue to carry on the bruises into their adult life. You see, 
he came so that we wouldn't have to have these bruises. And we were affected by them more than we really realize. And it's important that we learn today to let Christ heal us in our minds. To let Christ heal us in our soul. You see, the word of God is designed to free us from these bondages. And it's hard to heal, heal your soul if you don't know what that really is. So let's kind of unpack this for a moment, all right? What, what is soul and, and what is spirit? Uh, because they're two separate things. And as we do, let's dive into scripture and then let's kind of break this down. But in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word that God speaks, is, it's alive and it's active. It cuts better than any two-edged sword. It penetrates deeply, making a distinction, get this, between soul and spirit. A, a distinction. They're, they're, they're two separate things, soul and spirit, to the innermost intimacies of a man's being, exposing the very thoughts, our mind, right, and motives of a man's heart. Your spirit, it's the eternal part of your being. It's where worship comes from. It's, it, it's where something inside of you says, I, I want to worship the Lord. I, I want to give him praise and I want to give him glory. And it's where virtues flow out of. It's, it's the piece of us that was recreated out at salvation. Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you. At that moment, our spirit is recreated. But if you're like me, there's been times where you're like, well, that's great. I said the prayer, but why do I still struggle with certain things? You ever been there before, right? We're all human. We all struggle with stuff. And so I gave my life to Jesus, yes, but I still struggle with this. No. The Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And that sounds great until those old things begin to creep up again, right? Why is that? It's because your spirit gets recreated at salvation, but there's other parts of you that did not get recreated, and that's why your spirit has to be the strongest part of your being. It has to be the thing that is surrendered to God that says, if I'm gonna surrender anything, I'm gonna surrender my spirit to you first because as I surrender my spirit, then other things within me must follow. Like our soul. It's the rational, it's the emotional part of our being. It's the seat of, of our mind. This is, this is where we, we rationalize and and think through things. It's eternal, but it was not recreated when you gave your life to Jesus. Why do you struggle? Because when you said yes to Jesus, your spirit was recreated, but your soul was not. We just read it. But it's important that we would be born again, our spirit. We give our life to Jesus. We, we were going to spend eternity with him. That's great. But then our soul needs to be transformed. And how is it transformed? By the renewing of our, our minds, right? And so, so great. We're going to make heaven, all right? We've given our life to Jesus, and, and, and that's amazing. But we still got to live some life on earth. And, and, and the, you know, I got some negative scripts that I've been telling myself some stuff happening in my life, and I've got, to, I've got to begin to transform the way I think, and as I do that, my soul itself begins to transform. Like 
like a check engine light coming on. I don't know about you, but, but we tend to ignore check engine lights from time to time. Like, uh, I'll just deal with that later. It can't be that serious. And so, so we ignore the check engine light, and we let it go on a lot longer than maybe we should. And then by the time we actually get it to the mechanic, he's like, man, if you would have brought this in when the light first came on, it would have only been a couple hundred bucks. But because you waited so long to bring in the car, now there's so much more that needs to be fixed and given attention to. And so, so our, not just our spirit, but our soul needs attention. We, we can't just say, you know what, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. And and, and maybe, maybe you do try to deal with it tomorrow, but, but we got to stop saying, I'm going to deal with it tomorrow and start really working on it today. Christ may be in your hearts, but you still have grandpa in your bones. And so over the next few moments, we want to talk about how to get grandpa out of our bones how to keep the good things of grandpa, right? There's some, there's some things in our, in our families that, that are good. How do we keep the good, but how do we, we kind of get some of that stuff out of us? And there's many great things in you and in me and in our souls, but there's something that God wants more from you and that, that God wants to use you. Do you know that God wants to use you? God, God, God put purpose inside of you. God, God put dreams inside of you. In fact, that's, that's one of the reasons why we do growth track is so that we can begin to awaken the process of God enlightening you. God just shining a light on you in your soul saying, you know what? I was meant for more. There is purpose inside of me. But unfortunately, what happens is that we allow the negative script to dominate our thought processes. And it ruins a relationship or it messes something up. You can write this down. Do not presume that a relationship with God automatically results in great relationships with people. Do not presume that a relationship with God, that, that's the most important thing, but don't presume that it automatically results in great relationships with people. Can I tell you that the transformation of your soul is going to come with your relationship with other people? Spirit is changed instantly at salvation. But our soul is transformed when we are in relationship with other people. The problem is, is just like the girl in the story, she had the negative script not to trust people. And so we've, we've maybe been lied about or lied to or mistreated. And so we tell ourselves, that will never happen to me again. And what we do is we stop trusting people. And when we stop trusting other people, we stop the transformation process in our life. That's good right there, all right? When you block out other people in your life, what you're saying without saying it is I'm stopping the transformation process in my life. You're going to make heaven, but I don't know about you. I want to live a great life on earth. 
I, I want to be happy on earth. I, I want to be joy-filled on earth. I, I, I want life, to, you know, at times to be really nice and really great. Anybody else there, right? Like, I, I want to be transformed. I don't want to be bothered by the patterns of this world sometimes. I, I just want Anybody. And so it says in James, it says, confess your faults one to another. Not to God, because that's, that's what we've done. We're talking about trusting people, and, and we don't trust people, so we have prayer, a moment or a time of prayer during worship, but we don't trust people, so we're definitely not going to come up and ask for prayer. In fact, we're not even going to come down and tell you just, would you pray for me? We're, we're just, we're just going to say, I'm good. Maybe you've been there before. I've said it before. I'm good. I'm all right. I'll be okay. But confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be restored, that you may be made whole and be healed, the Bible says. How many think being whole and healed and restored, being made like new, sounds like a good idea? Sounds like a good idea to me, Right? I've never restored a car, but maybe if, if you like old cars, I used to have a neighbor, and he restored a 67 Mustang, and it, it looked like garbage when he got it. I mean, it was beat up bad, but by the time it was done, man, it looked like new. Now, I don't know about you, but being whole and healthy and restored sounds like a great idea to me. Awesome. One of you in the back. Come on, let's go. Me and Jason, we'll be whole and healthy and restored. This is, this is one of the tricks the enemy does, is that he causes you to isolate yourself. yourself. And when you isolate yourself, you become an unhealthy soul. You become unhealthy. You've given the Heisman to people. You've stiff-armed them. You can, you can be my friend, but only from a distance. You can know a little bit about me, but only what I allow you to know about me. And we isolate ourselves thinking that we're protecting ourselves. But what we're really doing is hurting ourselves. We're not letting anybody else in. I'm going to protect myself. But what we're really doing is hurting ourselves. And that's why you need to be a part of a group. That's why you need people around you doing life together. You need friends. You need people that you can eventually come to and talk to and trust. It's the truth. So what, is, what, is, what does a group do for you? We're still signing up today. Next week they start. What does a group do for you? It causes you to not isolate yourself, to be on an island by yourself, and it kind of puts yourself out there just a little bit. But can I tell you something? Like, like, don't do this. Don't come into the group next week and just walk in and be like, oh my goodness, you would never believe my life. Woo! It is bad. Y'all would never believe it. It is horrible. When I was 16 years old, you know, and you just start... You know, laying out all your laundry from, you know, your, your, your life. No, you know what people are going to think? Dude, he's weird. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, great, they showed up again. That's amazing. <laughs> Is that, can I be honest? Come on. Is that, no, get, get into that group and, and just kind of, 
just talk and, and kind of trust the process. And as you do, there might be somebody in that group that you connect with. And it may not be this semester. It may be next semester of groups. It, but, but you begin to allow the process to happen that, that so when you do go through things, that you're not isolated, but I know that I can call my brother or I can call my sister and, and, and I, can, I can call them and say, yo, would you pray for me? I'm struggling. Or this, this happened and I, I need some help. Can you help me? Like I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I can call Fabian and be like, yo, Fabian, I, 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 need, I need you to pray with me. I need you to, to laugh with me. Can we, can we go do coffee together? Can we just talk some stuff out? Like, like there's people that, that I've got in my life, I've got pastors in my life that I know that, that, that I can call and say, yo, I, I, just would you, would you listen to me for a moment and hear me out and help me? I'm able to do that because I've developed relationships with people and and what happens is, is that they help me with my blind spots. Honestly, if, if you're married, the person that helps you or should help you the most with your blind spots is your spouse. Two people. Awesome. <laughs> we'll be having marriage counseling after service today. But your spouse should be the one that should help you with your blind spots the most, but can I tell you, it's also good to have some other people that's not your spouse. Like, I'm a, I'm a fella, so I'm gonna talk to the fellas. Fellas, you, you need some people in your life that can check you. Like, you need some dudes in your life that, that know your junk, that know your battles, that know your struggles. Because there's times where you may not feel comfortable talking to your wife about your struggles. But if you knew, but if you know you had a dude that could help you walk through some stuff, you'd be like, I, I can do that. I'll talk to my, my homie, talk to my bro. And ladies, the same thing. Maybe things that you're holding on to or carrying that that maybe. The moment isn't right to tell your husband or just kind of walk that through. There may be a lady that you trust and just kind of begin to share and just kind of walk through life together with it. But we're in groups. We do groups because we find freedom in groups and we stop isolating ourselves and telling us the lie and believing the lie that we're really protecting us when we're really hurting ourselves more than anything. Psalm 23 says, popular passage of scripture but I love the beginning of it it says because the Lord is my shepherd I have everything I need he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my my soul makes like new my soul my spirit is changed, but my soul needs a little bit of work. My soul says I'm going to throat punch some people from time to time, but it's the transformation process that says, oh, don't throat punch them today. 
Wait till next week. You know, I don't know. But he restores my soul. He just doesn't save my spirit, but he restores my soul. He wants my thinking to be healthy. He wants my emotions to be subjected to truth. He he wants me to love freely and connect with other people. I gotta wrap this up, but Christ is called in John 10, 11, the good shepherd. Goes on in Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 13, verse 20, it calls him the great shepherd. So it goes from the good shepherd to the great shepherd. In 1 Peter 5, 4, he's called the chief shepherd. What that term is used of, or when it's used of Christ, it's inferred that he's not trying to pastor his church by himself. Not little C church, but the big C, the, the big, the kingdom of God. The, he's not just trying to pastor it by himself. He has filled his body with an army of shepherds. It's the indication of this authorization of other shepherds. We see it in the New Testament beginning to start with with Peter and Paul and Timothy as they begin to lead and to pour into other people. I want you to know I want you to be healthy today. Let, the, let today kind of be like a vitamin C pill. It just helps. Vitamin C is not going to just magically, you're going to feel great after you take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Maybe you need to take like 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Dope up on vitamin C, you know, do your thing. Listen to some podcasts, you know, do your thing. But I want to help you as we as we close the day, that you're never going to reach your potential as a sheep until you put yourself under the leadership of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And we're never going to reach our potential if we don't fall underneath the leadership of a shepherd, can I tell you that even myself, I've got people in my life that are shepherding me. I just don't, I just don't stand up here and, and pretend to have it all together, because I don't. But there's guys that I subject myself to that have, I've given every right pastors in my life every right to ask whatever question they need to ask to make sure that I'm okay. Some of us do this with conditions or clauses, contracts, where we say things like, only if they don't step on my toes, only if they don't tell me the things I don't want to hear. I was talking to somebody this week and uh, jokingly, he, he, he said, man, I really hate you right now. Because <laughs> we were just talking. We are talking life and talking Bible and Jesus. And we are just working through some stuff. And, 
under the condition of, as long as you just make me feel good, I'll let you shepherd me. And if you take this casual approach, you and I will never grow strong spiritually. We never will. Until you have a shepherd, you will not have everything you need. Can I tell you one of my greatest joys, my wife's joys, is to be your pastor. And if you'll let us, we'll shepherd you the best that, that we can with the help of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit. I just believe that we're in a day and age that I kind of say it like this, like we got to stop playing games. Where, where we have some people in our lives that we can trust, we can talk to. Some people that we allow, allow us to, to help shepherd us and, and make sure we're okay. But just like Psalm 23 reads, the first job of the shepherd is to make sheep lie down. Because sheep naturally don't lie down. It says, he makes me lie down. Not causes me, not hopes, but he makes me. He makes me lie down, not in the dirt, in green pastures. Which lets me know there's life. Because like sheep, we're, we're busy. And I don't know about you, we, li we live in one of the busiest cities in the nation. But we have to stop. And we have to lay down. And we have to begin to eat the grass that is growing around us. And you know what? It's just not you lay down as one sheep. You've got other sheep around you laying down and eating and partaking and growing. And that is what we do in groups. If you want to grow this year, if you want to grow healthy this year, right after service, if you haven't signed up yet, find a group. Find a group and begin to do life with people as we start this up next, next week. And it's only through this process the soul is restored and healed of its bruises. So action steps. Don't do life alone. Stop doing life alone. You're not meant to do life alone. Quit believing that lie, that negative script. Don't do life alone. In fact, begin to rewrite the script with other brothers and sisters of Christ. You're here this morning, and that's a good start. But let's take that next step today and find a group that we can grow together because you have Jesus in your hearts. Now let's get Jesus in your bones. Let's pray. God, I pray for your people today. I pray that, I pray for the bruises that are in this place, hurts and pains and 
or maybe things that we have we have shoved off to the side or packed down deep and covered up with other things. But Lord, I pray that you would begin to do some spiritual surgery today in our lives. Lord, that we, be, that we would be willing to allow you to, to open up our hearts and open up who we are and, and just begin to heal those broken places. Lord, do it in us. Lord, and I pray as we walk through this, as we start groups next week, God, that we would not be isolated and we would not believe that lie that we're protecting ourselves, but God, that we would find ourselves with a group of other people and realize that nobody has it together, but we're going to grow together and we're going to be better for it. Heal our bruises. Maybe you're here today and you just need to say, Jesus, would you heal my bruises? You could tell them that right now, just right where you're at. Jesus, would you heal my, my bruises? And I believe today we'll begin a journey, a process. That the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in you and begin to heal the bruises of your life. I see, him, I see him working. I see the Holy Spirit working in some of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Holy Spirit, do a work in us. Do a work in us. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you, maybe you gave your life to Jesus right before we took communion. And if you, if you did, that's amazing, man. We, we rejoice with you. But maybe you didn't. Or maybe we want to give you that opportunity to say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to be a Christ follower. The Holy Spirit's drawing you to, to respond today. If you're here, just we want to say a prayer with you. Would you, would you raise your hand just across anybody in this place? You say, that's me. Would you say a prayer for me or with me today? You can raise your hand right now in this place. You say, that's me. Would you say a prayer? I see your hand. Yes. Yeah. You can raise your hand and put it down. Yeah. Say a prayer. We want to say a prayer with you. Anybody else in this place? That's what it's about. Yeah. Come on, why don't you say this prayer with it? Whether you raise your hand or not, would you... Say this, repeat it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you today. I choose to follow you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in the work that you did for me on the cross. I believe you died for me. I believe that you rose again you're alive today thank you for saving me saving my spirit Lord I ask you to begin to transform my soul 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, Hope Rising. Come on, the best decision anybody could ever make. Thank you for joining us on the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at myhoperising.co. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.